what was it, about 10 minutes ago, we just finished recording episode 155 of Science of the Southland, and we're on 156 now because we realized we have a lot of baseball content to still talk about before their first game this coming Friday uh, home at Russ Chandler, so let's get into the uh, the actual baseball preview, shall we? Last year, uh, we had just absolute studs at shortstop and first base between Mr. Chandler's system and Kevin Parada, uh, who were high-round draft picks, and there was, what, eight? nine draft picks of that year. A lot, of, a lot of talent on the team that's now not here. Um, let's reflect back to just the end of the uh, the end of the end of the year there in the in AC tur- ACC tournament, NCAA tournament. What, between the two of y'all, just what's the lasting feeling from the that Campbell, those Campbell games, the Tennessee games, the other really good wins that we had throughout the season? Let me, let me take this first, Jake, because I, I, I think I have a great tone setter here. It was just angst that is the only thing that i felt about this team is just angst i i I feel like we're trapped in this cycle with baseball where the the same problem keeps coming up and every year we talk we say yes they they finally have this guy that's going to unlock this whole new world and and it just it just doesn't happen um I, i will say they went one and one in pool play in the ACC tournament. That was pretty disappointing, especially because they beat Louisville, who was the ranked team, and lost to Pitt, who was the, the unranked team. It was yeah. very weird. Um, and then they went to Knoxville, which was a horrible like seating situation. Robbery. It was robbery. It was terrible. Oh, oh we were very mad about this at the time. So they so they go to Knoxville. Knoxville's the uh, uh, Tennessee's the number one overall seed. They lose to Campbell in the first game of the regional, and they get into a dogfight to get back to the regional final, including a Herculean effort to beat Campbell in an elimination game the morning of the regional final uh, by by Zach Maxwell, which we, we have to give him credit now that, he, that he's graduated. He's gone to uh, camp with the Arizona Diamondbacks. He, we we got to give him some credit for that, uh, despite maybe some of our previous misgivings about his performances. Um, it was one hell of a start. Uh, and he he put Tech in position to advance over a Campbell team that was feisty, that came out and just sort of punched Tech in the mouth in that first game, um, and put Tech in a position to get into that regional final and then almost win, right? Like they had they had Tennessee on the ropes late into that game, and I think it went into extras, and then that old reliable problem for modern Danny Hall baseball teams comes into play where the lack of pitching depth, the lack of reliable pitching depth just bites them in the butt. And they, it was up- not, uh, yeah, sorry not to cut you off. Um, it was not in extras. Uh, however, it was, uh, a nine to six decision, but tech, like you noted, led, they led most of that game, right? Zach Maxwell. Um, I, I honestly thought he pitched more than six innings, but, uh, in the, Oh wait, that was in the, in the final, it was it was nine six. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Nine six in the final. Uh, Tech led uh, really late in the game. It was uh, it was four to three going into the top of the ninth. But I mean, you know, <laughs> there's only so much that uh, arms can do when they're pitching out of their minds. Uh, again, just to to circle back, uh, Maxwell six innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs. Dawson Brown uh, was tagged with all six of the earned runs uh, in the ninth. Uh, not great. Seven hits, seven runs, seven runs. Yeah. Seven runs. Um, so uh, yeah, just, it, it's tough, right? You, you, you play a great game. Um, again, it, 
it seems to be it's not quite as heartbreaking as i'd say the vanderbilt regional the year before or auburn certain nothing could be as heartbreaking as auburn 2019 no the auburn thing stands alone on its own team that is yeah that was rough i i I saw the bartman play happen live as a cubs fan and i think the auburn home run hurt me more (laughs) Uh, that wasn't at it but i saw it happen live like i was watching tv i mean i i have a couple of couple of personal experiences in that same department but I, I also want to issue a correction before we move forward it was josiah siegel who had the herculean effort um versus campbell he was six yes. uh, yep. six and one third three hits uh one and run one run um on 98 pitches i just wanted to make sure that i got that in uh, marquise grissom in relief or actually marquise grissom started that game um really rough uh yeah, two thirds four hits four runs uh and then siegel basically coasted uh for six and a third so really really Huge good work saving effort there yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was the Herculean effort that I wanted to mention. And then Maxwell tops that yep, uh, yep. And by starting the, I think he was starting the the, the, the Tennessee game. And yep, just, she did. And just held down what was a, like a history, like a historic team. In, in that I want to, I want to note one other thing. Uh, Georgia Tech, 11 hits, uh, six runs to Tennessee's 12 hits, nine runs. Like this, this is a team that was, you know, and, and another six walks on top of that. This is a team that was getting base runners. It, it was just, you know, Tennessee put a really big crooked number up uh, yeah. in the, uh, in the ninth. And and that's brutal. Um, so yeah, not, not much you can really do about it. What I was typing in the background in the chat before, or just to make sure I remembered it is just runners in scoring position. I like the like the barbs and like every baseball team I've ever I've ever rooted for. This team also had a problem with actually getting runners in scoring <laughs> position at home multiple times. It's infuriating. It's can so I say something cathartic? Can I Please say do. something cathartic? I'm so happy for Colin Hall going on to do bigger and better things in the professional world. <laughs> I remember the three runners left on base against Tennessee and many other runners before that. And uh, I'm excited for us to turn over a new leaf in center field. And I'm trying to be as political as I can about that because he really was a, like a, a, a great guy, a je ne sais quoi guy, but man, I, I, bigger. I feel like this team's been needing a fresh start there for the last couple of years. And it, it's, it's a little bit refreshing. We're there now. Uh, last note, Kevin Parada did set the Tech single season home run record. Also last year, as part of his just massive year, Chandler Simpson. I've gone through the, I've gone through looking through the the record books, just kind of yeah. learning the history of the team and the the various Hall of Famers. Um, his single season batting average is, is up there. Um, if he had played a little mm-hmm. bit longer here, in terms of like the career average, he would have been up there as well. But he only has so many plate appearances in a Tech uniform. After coming from, oh, was it UAB? Or am I making that up? Yeah, yeah UAB. UAB. So, yep. So, I mean, the dude hit 433. Um, I also didn't that's... realize until just now that he hit 433. <laughs> yeah, no, it was crap. ridiculous. Like, it really was a he gets on base and then Kevin just figures it out from there. Like, or Steven Reed or anyone else below it, Trez Gonzalez, Jenkins. Like, it, having him on base is an absolute cheat code out there. I mean, if you look at if you look at the top five in the lineup uh, card for the Tennessee game, Simpson four thirty three, Parada three sixty, Jenkins three eighty one, Gonzalez three thirty nine, Tim Borden the second three thirty five, and then you got Reed at three thirty three. Like that, it, it's it's emblematic again of late stage Danny Hall baseball that this team uh, essentially was 
an offensive juggernaut top to bottom one i think that wasn't heralded for its fair share for being as good as it was yeah that's because they didn't have the pitching to match right we talk about uh zach maxwell you know putting the team on his back in the tennessee game yada 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 where was it all year he had a 526 era that's why this team didn't go to omaha they did, they just didn't have anything coming out of the bullpen or, or on the mound i mean not to mm-hmm. disparage the guys that were there because they put together a great season nonetheless but it was really all right uh offensive uh big crooked numbers pitching slightly smaller big crooked numbers the the entire year I don't know. They allowed a bunch of crooked numbers pitching did. Uh, just to actually make your point even further, Zach Maxwell, 526, like you said. Marquise Grissom, who is the weak, who was one of the starters for most of the year, uh, 575. John Medich, 675. And Chance Huff, 698. All in all, uh, Georgia Tech put together a 658 ERA uh, from all of its pitchers it ugh, with an opponent batting average of 291. So just look like even competent pitching, even competent. I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to dunk on them too much, but even like, let's say ACC average pitching makes this team like advance out of some of these games, right? They, yep. They might beat Tennessee. They might not even have to have played in that, um, they might not even even had to go to the regional like through the elimination bracket to to get to the regional final. It's just um, like frustrating when we have this. And I think we're starting to talk on circles now, but it's frustrating yeah. when you have the same exact problem every single year, and it well, just and does not seem to be fixed. It's it's not talking in circles because this year I don't have all the numbers in front of me laid out, but it certainly was worse. That it has been Um, the only pitcher of uh, notable amount of innings pitched, uh, if you will, that was under four ERA uh, was Josiah Siegel. He was uh, a very good, I would say in his 14 appearances, he had a three ninety seven, two wins uh, and and 22.2 innings pitched. So uh, for an opponent batting average of 266, this is our gold standard. Um, So like that, if you want to know why we weren't, in a in a super regional, it's because they didn't have the pitching to do it. I think it's pretty clear, and, Every and I think year. that's going to be then, understandably, our biggest question coming into this year. Is it not? Yeah, and we'll see how that all pans out. Got to play the games to find that out for sure, just to see like where they're going to level up and whatnot, and see and the the non conference play up front. Just be like, all right, what's going to be, what who the workhorse is going to be, who's going to clearly be ace number one, who's clearly going to be coming out of the yeah. pen, all that kind of stuff. So. I'll have to still find out. I'll note, Jake, of those names you read at the top of that lineup for the Tennessee game. None of them play for Georgia Tech anymore. Uh, they are all somewhere in the minor league systems uh, approaching their first spring trainings or minor leagues camps or something like that. Uh, so we're got to flip the page a little bit here. Um, other pieces that are staying, though, uh, that would be Danny Burrell and James Ramsey were extended until 2025. Of note, those were Todd Stansbury extensions and not Jay Bat extensions, one of his last moves uh, before his departure from the flats um also last year we had mark Teixeira coming on campus he graduated got his undergrad done he was an or yeah. got his undergrad yeah. done uh and was an assistant with the team and now his fellow ale's counterpart matt whiters from the baltimore orioles is also kind of doing the same thing taking classes uh he's here as an undergraduate assistant coach with the team uh so we it's and, so weird it's Wait, it's, like, it's very cool Teixeira was a volunteer 
I knew he was finishing his degree. I didn't know he was involved with the team. He couldn't get paid because he was a student in that in that department. I, I guess technically in that sense. Uh, but he was around. Either way, he was around. He was helpful. He was there for the guys. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, he was helpful. Let me, as helpful let me as he was during the football search. I know. Only as helpful as he could be. I mean, as from what I understand, he wasn't on campus all the time for his classes because he you know, like has a life at his house at Texas and all that kind of stuff. But either way. Um, so, yeah, we got Widers here uh, taking classes. What not? Notable subtractions. Mr. Parada, uh, the catcher who, uh, who, who who drafted him? Meet the Mets. Step oh. right up and beat the Mets. God darn it. All right. Well, it was nice knowing you, Kevin. Uh, Trez Gonzalez, <laughs> uh, Andrew, Andrew Jenkins, Chandler Simpson, Colin Hall, Tim Borden, and Zach Maxwell, all previously mentioned at various points. Uh, we all, I think we, I think we hit, we hit all the major points we need to hit on those guys when talking about the regionals and all that kind of stuff. Notable additions here on the freshman side. Another former AL East, son of a former AL East guy, Carson Sabathia, Mr. CeCe Sabathia's son, is here. We also have Tyler Minnick and Parker Brocious. That is not Scott Brocious' son. For those of who also know Yankee lore, it's a different Brocious. Um, and then our couple of transfers, Angelo Despina and Nathan Smith. Anything, well, what do we got here for, the, for these fellas? Angelo Despina was uh, transferred in from Mercer. He played a bunch yep. of first base. Um, I, he, he looks pretty good. I, I, I think the staff is pretty high on him. So I'm interested to see what he does there. Um, Carson Sabathia, dude, like it's really weird to now see kids of guys that I watch play. In Chris, the glad uh, play all these guys, at, yeah. <laughs> like play at tech and then like go on to start their own pro careers. It's really, really bizarre. But that's really the only note that I have. That holidays speak. kid. J- just wait until Vlad Guerrero the third is playing baseball. Oh my god. That's terrifying. <laughs> don't don't put that into the universe. That's that's disgusting. Is it? No. Anyways. The uh, the um I think it is worth noting that tech kinda i would say it's basically it's not a reload per se, just because, you know, we lost five guys who are all hitting above 330. Um, but that being said, I still think there's going to be a lot of difficult lineup decisions. Uh, first base comes to mind. Um, they're going to try and get uh, Jackson Finley's bat. Uh, I know uh, in the lineup that's been really on everything that I've seen from any site, any Twitter, any anything, um, just uh, in terms of, you know, DHing. So uh, there's only nine slots to, to get in. Um, so again, uh, Ramsey can uh, recruit boys that can hit. Ramsey can develop boys who can hit even better than they were than they showed up. Uh, I think uh, it's just a matter of who's playing and how much time they're getting rather than, you know, the, the oh gosh, where is everyone? It's, it's you know, an empty room with a bunch of chairs kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it's the same thing that we talked about because this team, I love them. But, <laughs> it, you know, same same story, different uh, different year. I, we can I think this kind of leads into our discussion on the what the lineup will look like on opening day and, and moving towards the season. We'll skip the pitching mound for for right now. Um, but it, it, it's super interesting to see that tech still has the left side of its infield completely intact. Right. Yeah. Like Jaden Jackson and Andrew Compton. Uh, we got a lot of time uh, at those positions. Uh, we'll we'll be back, and they're they've slotted right into the lineup. But it now has to replace its entire right side of the infield and the catcher position, and most of the outfield and the DH spot. So, like, 
you you say it's not a rebuild, but if you just look at the raw, like you're replacing six out of the nine spots, right? Like, and then and then you have a rotating cast of characters on the mound, so. It, it, it's interesting right it's, it's it, a semi-rebuild here it's like I, it, it's I, it's not all the way there but you're not ta- it's not like if this is a pro know, team, like, they I, wouldn't be tanking if this was a pro team but they like would but, be kind of figuring out if they're going to be playing 500 or not if this was i'm not pros. saying tear it down to the studs right like i don't think that there's like this is still like the the talent level is really high i mean these recruiting right. classes are still like top it's top five, five recruiting class yeah like it, it's not like a tear it down to the stud situation and, and or like let the young people cook uh, and sort of take your lumps for the next couple of years, but <laughs> limits basketball. It, anyways, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's also not a situation where you're like, okay, we're just like slotting, we're, we're just plugging and playing, we're slotting guys into into the system, and, and we're sort of making do because you were like, like I said, you're replacing six of the nine field positions. Yeah. But think about think about the fact that this this is the kind of turnover that we've seen for this team for kind of the last three four years, right? Uh, it's almost remarkable that Compton, Reed, and DeLeo, Jake DeLeo, are all still in the lineup at all. Like, I, I look at seeing Drew Compton and, and Stephen Reed in particular, and I'm like, why are you guys still here? Like, all your buddies, they, they left. <laughs> like, what what are, you, what are you doing? Why are you here? Because uh, it's been, you know, back, I think, to the COVID year, maybe. Uh, yeah, definitely not 2019. But, you, you know, you get the point. Like, it's... It's a high turnover type team. Uh, we only saw Kyle McCann as a starter for a year or two. We only saw Joey Bart as a, as a starter for a couple of years. Like yep. it, Parada was only here for two. And and this is a team that just has constantly kept reloading and reloading and reloading. And I, and that's also just partially due to the to the finicky weirdness. Even even the, though the rules aren't that different from the. Uh, NBA draft just with how many players even with yeah. the shorter draft still are brought into major league systems right it, it's it's essentially something that college baseball teams for the most part across the country are, especially the good ones are dealing with they're only getting players for two or three years you know if the sophomore if they're old and or otherwise junior year and they're out and on top of that well I'll add two things number one Compton is the 16th overall prospect by D1 baseball and uh, Christian Campbell uh, who might be the starter at second um, is uh, number 31 but on top of that I think because the MLB draft has been shortened to that five round uh, length I think it's still at five um, you also see a much more rotation in that transfer portal right you see so many more players that are older right because they have still have the COVID year and they are moving into the transfer portal and still staying those first two years, maybe at their starting school, but then they are moving on to other programs. So it's what it's 20, 20 rounds, 20 rounds. It used to be 40, but okay. But still like you still have kids that are saying like, Hey, I'm going to, instead of uh, having to take their lumps in the draft, they were like, okay, well, I'll just take two years of my eligibility and transfer to a different school. Cause it's completely free. So I, I think it's, if we're talking bigger picture baseball, I I think one of the, the things about us this, and this podcast talking 17 different sports is we don't really get to get into the bigger picture of some of these leagues and, and, you know, you know, more broad topics. But I think that 20, uh, 20 round draft is something that's leaving, like you said, a lot of that talent in college baseball. And it's really bringing up the floor for everyone. Uh, I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing um, not necessarily pitching staff struggle, but it seems like, Every team that's good has just a, you know, a phenomenal level talent at the plate. Uh, and the difference is, you know, what they can do with that pitching. But, you know, even, I mean, 
we gave up 15 runs to, not that Campbell was a bad team, but you know, it's, it's almost every lineup you face is going to be Why some. Why you give me trauma? Some Why level must of, you do this to me? Of explosive. I mean, we, we, we gave up, you know, 14 runs to Kennesaw state. You got granted another good team, but that you know, game is our, we write the Kennesaw State games from last year off because no one <laughs> there were it was pitching machines on the mound for both of those games, yep. which gives us a pretty good segue in t- talking about the pitching. Not hey, the, I'm the host here. I'm the host here this time. The I'll, do the it, I'll do the segues. I'll do the segues. Yeah, talk, 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 talk about pit. Please talk about pit. I'll, well, here, let me list some names first to, to get the, the gears spinning for y'all. Um, Cody Carroyle. Ben King, Terry Busey, uh, Carson Ballard, no relation to Wiley Ballard for all we know, Dawson Brown, Jackson Finley, Dalton Smith, Logan McGuire, uh, no relation to Deck McGuire as far as I know, also Dawson Brown, Kevin Brown's son, of course, uh, Joe Manley, Aiden Finitary, no relation to Adam Vinatieri, and Josiah Siegel. Um, I, so, made that, uh, I made that Finitary, Vinatieri, uh, you know, last year. Last yeah, last year. Right, good. All right, good. Uh, well, all right. 2023 uh, new year new joke uh but uh yeah so i the, the outstanding question we have here is like I, we lost a number of guys last year of course here so like what what uh, well f- they'll figure it out of course like uh, seagull's gonna probably get a lot of innings as we saw from the campbell game do stuff like that um dawson brown will get innings like where where do we see i guess what are the thoughts here i don't have a specific question just explain couple I, of things uh, for me oh uh, I did. I should have uh, said a name. Um, I'm yeah, you definitely. First. Come on, come on, Jack. You got. You got a point. I only host like once every couple months here. So, anyways, Jake goes first. It, it's kind of remarkable how much we kind of just spent the first twenty minutes of this going like, ah, pitching question mark. When a lot of these names kind of jump out at the page, at least for me, like uh, that's whether good. that's Terry Terry Busey, who's gotten a lot of hype. I believe I know for a fact that he's on that D one top, however many prospects. Mm-hmm. Uh, list uh as somebody who's going to make a difference on the mound um you know names that we've seen before or been in the mix for starting or, or big uh big roles we mentioned i mentioned siegel earlier i know finitary got some starts last year manley's been around the block and uh, around the block again like six times um logan mcguire dalton smith finley um dawson brown ben king cody carwell have either been big bullpen pieces um you know in- innings eaters or starters or, or something so it not that this team didn't lose a lot from the mound, but there also wasn't a lot to lose. Uh, so I'm hoping that, you know, getting them in the fancy lab for another year and, you know, getting, getting the gang together, um, you know, for, for a full off season, hopefully that helps them gel because like I said, I, I feel like, you know, we talked about the turnover on, uh, on the lineup card, but in terms of the pitching, it seems like we're, basically stocked with a lot of the same faces we saw last year right other than i guess like uh john medich zach maxwell i, I mean bartnicky maybe that I, I can't even remember yeah, bartnicky might have graduated but i i don't exactly remember the timeline the, the speaking of timelines joseph manley has been on this team for god knows how long i think he's this is year six senior this is, this is year six redshirt senior senior super, redshirt super senior at that point um, I, I, Josiah Siegel, we talked about earlier as being really impressive in that, uh, in relief, uh, in that Campbell elimination game, uh, Cody Carwiler was really impressive early last year, um, and earned a starting role. If I remember correctly, uh, I think it was the Friday starter for a while, but it, I, it just comes down to for, for some of these guys is like, 
they just need control, right? Like it, it comes down, it, it seems like very anti-analytics and it, it kind of seems like very simplistic and reductive, but like you got to hit your spots. You have to throw strikes. You have to maintain control of your pitches. You have to throw and each of these guys, like consistently Georgia Tech has started to have a control problem. Like it, it and they just like, they go down the count or they ha- like let up one walk and then they just kind of, um, they just kind of fall apart. Uh, and it's, it's frustrating, right? Especially when you're, um, uh, especially when you're working through the lineup and in a close game, like you, you just can't have multiple arms do that. You need someone that, someone that settles things down. And that's why it was so impressive for Siegel to come in, um, after, after Grissom and, and, and yeah. really lock it yeah. down for six innings, right. In, in long relief. I forgot we lost uh, Grissom. I, I, Good point. Yeah, true. Him too. Yeah. Um. And, and so that that's the, that's the kind of thing that I want to see from this staff, regardless of who it is. It's just you, you got to be you got to get on the mound. And again, like this is all like very anti ethos of Georgia Tech and doing the numbers and anything. You just kind of got to hit your spots and sling it and just sort of be the big be the big man on campus when it comes to pitching. Um. And yeah. and have the stuff on the on a given day. Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna keep looking back, because. Lord knows I look back at the 29 team, 2019 team uh, probably more often than is healthy, but uh, you need some equivalent to a Connor Thomas or a Xavion Curry, right? A, a Friday, Saturday starter that'll eat innings, get uh, quality, quality starts, all that good stuff. And we need kind of that Tristan English equivalent, right? Somebody who, you know, is going to come in, get an inning, get the job done and bingo, bango, bongo, you, you know, that's, that's, that's what it takes, right? You need somebody that you can put the ball in their hands. That is your closer. That is your high leverage reliever, whatever. Or somebody you know you're going to get a great start out of, you know, most of the times when he's on the mound and can shut down, um, you know, it, I guess the, not necessarily the regional championship game, but that one-two game, um, the, the second one in a regional or, or that Saturday or, I think you guys get what I'm saying, but yeah. you just yeah. need somebody that you can be confident in and, yeah, and, and and get it done. And I I don't think there's been anyone that we look at and we're like, yes, okay. That guy's pitching. Right. That right. guy's pitching. We need a that guy. Or preferably more than one that guy. Uh my <laughs> yeah, I think based on what is... I've seen implies that that's gonna be busy, but we gotta let them play the games, right? Yeah. So I think the the, the last note that I want to make before we move on um to talking about the schedule, uh well, there I go doing Jack's job for him again. But mm. last note I want to make is is that I think when Connor Thomas was pitching and we had a different uh, pitching pitching coaching staff, you saw a lot more emphasis on on control, but at the detriment of 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 speed and of of stuff, right? Like they had um they had pitching control, they were hitting their spots, but they were just slow. Right. That, that, that's how uh, and Connor Thomas's like arm was not particularly like, like powerful. He wasn't throwing fire. That was more, if I remember correctly, that was more English's game um, or, and Xavier Curry's game to, to that point. Um, but he was hitting his spots and he was, he was getting strikeouts and he was doing really well. So um, like, I think we got to do a better job. Uh, or, or staff has got to do a better job of balancing those two things, right? You can have the fire, you can have the Zach Ma- Maxwell level level arm talent, but you have to be able to hit your spots and hit your spots consistently, and also manage the mental side of that game, right? You can't get sucked into um, and, and sort of uh, get really frustrated with. Um, you, you just can't get sucked into a situation where you 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 lose that focus and lose that control 
um, when when you're down the count or, or when you let up a walk or two, um, you have to stay in the moment and, and, and stay committed and, and get the job done, like you're saying. Correct. As a pitcher, I agree on all fronts there. Uh, Schedule-wise, uh, I forgot to mention, uh, Chance Huff, also a pitcher starter that ate some innings that is also not here any longer. Uh, so just uh, just another name out there. Schedule-wise, uh, we start this. We start, well, this is coming out Thursday. So if you're listening on Thursday, tomorrow, we have a game against Miami of Ohio at Rush Chandler. The first nine games of the season are at Rush Chandler between Miami of Ohio Georgia Southern, a weekend series against Tennessee Tech, a single game against Long and a, and a game against Long Island, and there's a Kennesaw game in there, I believe, as well. Uh, and then the uh, the uh, try the uh, home neutral and road series against a school out east happens. Other names out here that are not from the ACC: Lipscomb, uh, Auburn, Wofford. Uh, what is that? Oh, Georgia State at cool, right? That's cool. Uh, Georgia Southern, as always, uh, and then Mercer, Gardner Webb. Uh, what is oh that's Ken Ken is for Kennesaw that makes sense we're just re- I'm just reading Jake typing right now Mercer again out there doing uh, it live doing it literally doing it live here and then we'll get to the ACC championships in Raleigh Raleigh no Winston Salem Charlotte Charlotte, Charlotte. Charlotte. It's always it, no it's Durham it's Durham it's Durham Durham oh, Durham Bulls oh, Park just just name a, 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 a city out there it's one of those up there in North Carolina uh, exactly. so yeah so pretty. Uh, Going to be a good schedule again. ACC is going to be good again for sure. Uh, you got the Auburn series; they're always fun to play. Uh, but we'll have like we'll be able to see the Jackets here in person for a long stretch to get a good feel for them uh, and see where they're at. Uh, hopefully, we'll come out of this pretty far on top, and you know, somewhere in this six to nine win range, I think is a good expectation there. And on expectations, uh, I will note in my interviews here, we'll get to in a couple in a couple minutes. They I. I, will, I let Jaden Jackson kind of give his own impression of where they where they think the team's going to be. But excuse me, where do y'all? I mean, I, we talked about reloading here in terms of like it's a rebuild, but not really a rebuild. They're one of those teams in college sports that like can kind of do it year to year with a lot of turnover, like you see in basketball as well. For those top teams, um, I think we certainly would expect a higher ACC tournament a, a, a stature than we did in terms of not losing out the gate. Um, but where where do we where do we think we're gonna sit come what was it June whenever the season ends? So here's my here's my bit on this. I know that I said that this team is rebuilding, uh, but at the same time, the standard is a standard. You make it to the tournament, and as always, as it has been for like a decade and a half now, the expectation is to advance. You have the talent. You have the like the stacked on top of like stacked on stacked on stacked recruiting classes. You have to execute. Like I I understand that you're replacing, and I feel a little hypocritical because I've said the rebuilding bit, but I understand that you're replacing six starters. I under I understand that you're now a fundamentally younger team. I understand that the ACC is deep at at baseball. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter to me. Like you, you need to make it to a super regional. That is that the bare minimum is making the tournament. The expectation is that you advance to a super regional and, and I'm not going to be like realistic and reined in over it um, this year because I am. This is new. Well, not like unrealistic, but it's not, it's not like an unrealistic positive thing. No, you're right. You're right. This is where this is where the bar is for competency for this program based on its history, based on its coaching staff, and based on the talent it has on on deck. 
that's where the bar is. You have to come and meet it. Jake, do you have any last notes before we move on? Yeah, um, I'm going to need one of you guys to vamp because I do have a point I want to circle back to, RE, the schedule. I just need to finish putting together some thoughts on that. But in terms of my expectations, I'm going to temper what Akshay said just a little bit and only a hair. Um, I, I agree. I think that making the uh, postseason is an expectation of this team. With how talented it is, I don't care if you're reloading or what, uh, if you're bringing in top 10 recruiting classes, you make it to the regional. Mm-hmm. Darn near, need to come close to hosting. Um, I think baseball is too random of a game. The exact same thing that I wanted to say about softball for me to say, yes, this team must make a super regional or it's a disappointment. But at some point, it's been 16 years. It's been a long time. that you, yep. Like heartbreakers or unfortunate to keep getting sent to Vandy or number one Tennessee or losing in, in the most improbably uh, incredibly uh, stupid emotion- and now impossible walk-off fashion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. Impossible walk-off fashion, but this team is one that is so talented. They are, you know, they, they, they've theoretically done everything right. They've kept together a talented theoretically coaching staff, the, the most, uh, you know, uh, the winningest coach in D1 history is at Georgia Tech. James yeah. Ramsey has done a phenomenal job. They've got freaking Matt Weeders taking no salary to be an assistant <laughs> coach. Like, it, it's an embarrassment of riches. They're they're probably the most embarrassment of riches team that we've got, especially considering how new the facility is and how stacked the the talent is. It it's time they're due, right? It's I, I don't know. Uh, it it seems. Like the, exasperated, I think like the, the chicken. Summer. Yes, I feel like the like I don't want to be one of those fan base towards like, well, if we don't do this, then they're a colossal disappointment, blah, blah, blah. Because at the end of the day, these are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old kids, and maybe one 24 and Joe Manley, and Joe Manley <laughs> Jack Rubenstein, 24 year old. Um, <laughs> like they're, they're kids, right? It's unfair for us, as you know, we're relatively close in age to them, but like, you know, it's it's you cannot pin your emotions to the whims and performance of kids playing do. a game, right? They're kids playing. They're not professionals. They are there to get degrees and, you know, prepare themselves for the next step to be that baseball or not, but they're too good. Like it, they got to make, they got to make the postseason. And once you're in the postseason, it's a, it's a crapshoot, right? Ole yep. Miss won the freaking national championship last year after being, <laughs> under 500 in SEC play the vast majority of the year and being literally the last team into the tournament. That's how talented college baseball is these days. But but that's how talented the sport is these days too, you know? Like it's it's not a bunch of, you know, oh, I'm a high schooler who didn't get drafted, so now I have to go to college. No, people are electing to do this. And I think that this is, if not the segment of the game that's growing the fastest, it's – it's darn near close. Um, and, and it's, it's something that we've seen, you know, really a lot of, I'd say compelling, compelling growth in the last couple of years. I, I think more people are following college baseball and I think the product's gotten better too. Granted midweek games are slow, but you know, other than that, we're, we're getting there. Somebody vamp. I want to make a point about the schedule. I just need to get the rest of my numbers in. Before you almost did your back. own. You were, you were doing your own vamping there for a second. Uh, let me let me just shout out section one hundred three before we before we lose track here. Um, the, Stephen was nice enough to reach out. It's gonna 
I have something in the mail from him from Section 103 as as we speak, so cannot wait to see what that is. Maybe that'll be next week's ad read is what, what, what did I get in the mail from Steven at Section 103? Um, always, uh, what is it, $70 free shipping if you spend 70 bucks or more online. You can vote on the new... Yep. A design. Um, there is, I, I, Jake said let, er, earlier this week, there is a couple correct choices. I think there is one correct choice. Um, it's A. Just vote A. That that vote A. It's, well, clearly we're all in a complete agreement here. Uh, but yeah, love them to death. Uh, official sponsor of this podcast, if you want to put it that way. Uh, Jake, what, what's your what's your schedule thing here? Yeah. Um, so. I don't know if I've ever actually explicitly stated this on the podcast, but the concept of the universal selection index is to develop a consistent metric across uh, all NCAA sports that would be used as a as reasonable facsimile as you can get that compares apples to apples. Um, you know, baseball to softball to volleyball are, are what we've got it spun up for. It predicted softball uh, at large is perfectly safe for one last year. Uh, was in two or three within two or three on baseball. Uh, and volleyball, I believe, was within two uh, as well. So I, I think it's uh, pretty reasonable. That being said, um, the Universal Selection Index for Baseball 2022 has uh, very nice things to say about our schedule. And I want to emphasize how front-loaded some of those things are. Um, Georgia Tech is playing no team uh, worse than 243rd. Uh, that's Gardner-Webb. Uh, they'll catch Tennessee Tech uh, for three games, uh, Long Island and Lipscomb early in the season. Those teams are all between 130 and 165. But other than those three noted teams, which combine for five games, the three against Gardner and the three against BC, um, who is ranked 137th, Georgia Tech plays uh, teams all ranked within the top 100 on this list, most of whom were in the tournament. And of note, Jack, I want you to guess how many of uh, the model's top 10 teams from last year are on our schedule? Um, should I ignore the fact I'm looking at it? Yeah, ignore the fact that you're on it. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then let's 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 go with let's go with four. Well, it's it's five. Um, five. It's uh, it's a model that I think gives a little bit more credence to the ACC than media might uh, mm. media might hint the uh, notorious SEC Homer media in college baseball but uh, Georgia Tech gets Notre Dame for three games uh, their fourth Louisville for three games their fifth uh, Auburn for a home and home midweek their sixth UNC uh, at number nine they'll get three games against them and Virginia Tech in the model is sitting at number two uh, that's in addition to a Wake Forest team in the ACC that Tech doesn't play so mm, strength right. of schedule will be there to host it's a matter yeah. of making do in the rest of it so the twin points uh, early season is going to be hard uh, Notre Dame Auburn and Louisville is going to be a heck of a week I believe yeah. those yeah. all come in a nine-day span it's seven Ooh. games in nine days or seven games in ten game. 10 days all Something against like yeah, yeah, yeah. last year's top six. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's a strength of schedule that would allow them to host and it's incredibly, incredibly front loaded and, and really talented all the way through. So just keep that in mind uh, when, when talking about expectations, there we go. I tied it back in. I so. think that's good. That's good. It's good to know. It, not, not the hardest beginning, get yourself ready and then ball out the rest of the way. And hopefully yeah. by the end of the Virginia tech series, where you could not necessarily coast, but at least be like, all right, we've got, five, six series here to work our way into a better shape or whatever shape you need to be in by that point. So, yeah. Uh, it, and, and yeah, like I said, even the ones I didn't highlight Miami and UVA down the stretch are both uh, teams that are fixing to be really good as well. Yep. So 
Um, really should be, should make for entertaining baseball uh, up and down the ACC, up and down uh, the greater uh, Southeast area. I mean, it. I'm excited for this season. I love college baseball. It, it'll be real exciting coming it's, up. It's going to be good. That that UVA series. Who knows what that could be? What could we could be playing for at that point? There's there's a ACC is good. Who the who knows? All right, we've hit the end of our portion here. Akshay's not even on the Zoom anymore at this point. Um, so what we got next for you, I sat down with uh, Joe Manley, Jason, Jaden Jackson, and Jake DeLeo, a lot of J's there, uh, about a month ago to, uh, at, at, uh, at Russ Chandler just to talk about the season, talk about last season and where, they are, where their heads are at. So without further ado, let's hear from Joe Manley. All right, with us right now is Joe Manley, pitcher for Georgia Tech Baseball. Thanks for showing up. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, last year, well, you're an Atlanta guy, right? Yeah. Did you grow up a Braves fan? Absolutely. I get it. Okay. Die hard. Then okay. So you're you're the unique. You can uniquely answer this, knowing that there is some overlap between the tech the, of tech baseball fans, Braves baseball fans, which probably limited to mostly just the Atlanta area, and less the greater Braves country, which is huge. But um, how do you have you noticed anything about tech fitting in the context of the Braves fan subculture at all at games? Is that something that that you've noticed at all? Um, I, I think it's kind of more what you said, like it. Georgia Tech's in a, we're Atlanta based, so you see a lot of people here that go to Tech and people that are around that are Braves fans. Um, but uh, like it goes for most of the team too. Like we're mostly, most of us are Braves fans, um, but it doesn't really extend much past that. That's that's cool. Yeah, I guess. And then you'll have the MLB presence here too. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, Teixeira's been here a second. I got Weeders. How does that? Does does it feel weird, like, having guys in the dugout that you literally watched growing up play on, TV, play on TV? Well, I'll say, I mean, this is my sixth year here. So, like, my freshman year, when, like, you'd have guys walking through, it's like, holy crap. Like, I remember watching you on TV or yeah. walking around campus and you see Teixeira walking through. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty incredible. But uh, nowadays, like, it's, it's kind of it, – it's almost a little bit expected. Like, having Weedy back, like, to help us around, like, it's – it's it's really incredible and like I know a lot of our catchers are super excited about mm-hmm. it and they have been for most of the fall. You got jaded with major leaguers, man. Imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, exactly. Exactly. Um, let me go back to the last game of last of last season, the Tennessee game, because I think that probably was I imagine the most anticipated game for y'all because mm-hmm. it was do or die at that point and facing one of the best college teams ever, grace to grace a field. Um, what do you remember? What are your thoughts and feelings about that game now? Because I remember watching in the moment, it was like, holy crap, Zach might do this and pull it out, and then the rest of the game happened. Yeah, I, I mean, we – going into that game, um, we knew we needed to play play about as well as we possibly could, and I thought we put up a really good fight for most of the game and just had a couple things kind of go against our way there in the last inning. But um, I just think it really kind of proved that last year's team was super talented, and we had our ups and downs with it, and you had a Tennessee team who – like they could not find a way to lose a baseball game. Yeah. Um, and we gave them one heck of a fight. And I, I think we were just – it didn't go our way, but I was just more proud of the way that we kind of – we fought it out there through the end because they were the consensus number one team all year. Yeah. Does that – do you have to take a different mental approach into a game like that? Because, I mean, it's not your normal regular season game. It's a do or die against against just the titan of the sport at that time. Yeah, well, I, I think I think the biggest thing like we kind of looked at it is like it's – it's winter go home um mm-hmm. and we had that with uh the game earlier that day and really the, the i guess the two earlier games yeah um against alabama state and then against campbell right so it was kind of the same philosophy like we either like we got to try to pull it out or 
um, we're done. And then last year's a special group of guys. I mean, we had nine guys drafted or nine guys signed. Yeah. Um, lost a ton of older guys. And um, it was just really kind of like play for each other because we didn't really want to, we didn't want to go home and we loved yeah. being around each other. It was, yeah. it was a heck of a group of guys and just happened. Things kind of happened to fall against us. So I think watching that, it felt, it, 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 it didn't feel inevitable that a loss was coming, but the amount of, I think, hope that the fan base had mm-hmm. in that moment was like, holy crap, they, they, they've shown this, and y'all didn't, mean, y'all didn't play. Who's the best team y'all played? Was Virginia probably one of the better series in terms of the top team y'all played last season? Yeah, Virginia, I would say Virginia was up there. Um, I mean, we played, I mean, Virginia Tech, they, they were a national seed. And, uh, right, right. That was the other like, one. that yeah. was, we played them earlier in the year, so it was kind of, like, we knew they were good, but... Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people gave them as much credit as they deserved from yeah. the start. So um, I would say I would say those two teams were some of the best that we played. And you're and you're I mean, you've been here a minute now. How what kind of <laughs> a minute six minutes? We'll just yeah. say six minutes. Um, what what kind of games are you most excited for? I mean, college World Series games I would imagine are one part. But is there is there like just certain vibes that hit like early season, mid season, late season, or time of day, location? Like what 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 gets you most excited to play nowadays? Yeah, I, I mean, I think. I think the biggest biggest for us is obviously the Georgia series. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always highly anticipated. Always one heck of a matchup. Um, and then, you know, personally, like I I love I love ACC weekends. I love Friday nights here at, mm, at Russ yeah. Chandler. I mean, we get a, we get a good crowd. You have the city in the background. It's um, those are really my most anticipated games. Those are fun. I I was when I walked up here today. I just noticed. This is might be maybe the best stadium in Atlanta that does that personifies the city in the forest thing because you've oh, got you got incredible. the tree skyline and then you got the, the Baltimore signs over there. We're sitting inside the home plate club recording this and the NCR building's looming right there. It, it is incredible. It is incredible. We need to we need to get a power lefty out here from <laughs> the from the MLB to just see if they can hit a building. <laughs> that that would be amazing if that ever I would, happened. I would love that. I at least see if somebody can put one on top of the Zeta building right there. That would be Little incredible. Zeta. That would be Sword incredible. Um, let me ask you about pitching. Um, do you, what's your what's your offseason routine like to keep your arm fresh, keep it healthy, and are you developing anything new as you're going in the offseason? Yeah, um, I guess for me personally, like coming through coming off last year, um, it was a little bit of downtime coming in the summer. I didn't go play summer ball, and mm-hmm. you know going into my going into my last year here, so um, it's more of more of keeping the body healthy first, and then um, you know a couple a couple weeks off. It's yeah, I can go a little bit more in depth into you know some arm care stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just making sure that you know my body moves the best it possibly can to come out here and perform. Um, and then from a pick pitch package uh, standpoint, I'm not personally working on anything new. It's just more of trying to fine tune the stuff that uh, me and Coach Brello have mm-hmm. um, you know really been focusing on this past year and a half. How does how does Coach Burrell approach working with the staff? Is it person by person, or is there like staff wide goals and mechanic things or whatever that he's that he tries to help all of y'all improve on at the same time? Yeah, it's it's a little, it's a little bit of both. Um, like obviously we we have staff goals that you know we want to try to achieve each each week, each outing, um, each year. But he knows he really he's he does uh, really well in knowing how to you know communicate with each person individually. And um, some people might need a little bit of tougher love, or some people. Um, might need a little bit of encouragement. So I think he does a really great job of that. And I mean, he's just seen so much, you know, being with the Yankees and mm-hmm. being able to have him here. I, I think um, he's done a really great job of improving our pitching staff and really developing people. This is a recruiting question. So it may be different than when you were getting mm-hmm. recruited, but did how much to you did 
velocity and arm strength matter versus location and being able to throw strikes? <laughs> um, so I had a pretty interesting recruitment story. So I, how I got here was I didn't, I didn't go to any camps. I didn't go to any college camps. I was, mm-hmm. I was the oldest. I'm the oldest of three kids. Okay. So like, we just had no idea how to do it. And, um, I was always the biggest kid on summer, on a summer ball team. You know, I'd like that. I'd, I'd joke like at, you know, at like 12, 14 you like I was, I was the same size I was, I am now. Like, it's just, uh, I was the same size. I'm five, three. I was the same height back then. I was pitching back then. And if if you walked up to the plate, I just would have been like, no, this is not happening. (laughs) This is not happening. Yeah. But, but for me, like it was, um, as a lefty, like I, at a 15, I was throwing 89, 90 and, um, it made, it made recruitment relatively easy. Like I, I had the old pitching coach, coach Howell. He, he saw me at Lake point a couple of times and, um, he's the one that kind of got me in the door here at, at tech with uh, coach hall. And, mm. um, like we didn't, like back then, like there wasn't much on anything other than velocity. Like there wasn't any track, man. There wasn't any, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it was all, it was all radar guns behind the dish and, um, just really just the eye test. Yeah. So I, I'm sure it's a little bit different for some of the other guys, but that's, that's really kind of how I got my foot in the door. What's your, and I, I the last thing I did was pitch in high school, which when I, mean, I played baseball. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how much of it I'd be able to pick up that it makes sense to me. But when you're out there pitching, like, do you try to find some sort of like tunnel vision spot when you're out there? Or are you trying to be like hyper aware of everything or just, you're just focused on the batter and that's all you, that's all you need to really do. Yeah. I think for me, um, I find myself in trouble when I'm super hyper aware. Um, when I, like when I kind of have that tunnel vision mindset, that's when, um, I think I perform the best when mm-hmm. it's just kind of me and the catcher and yeah. it's more of, uh, the results are just kind of the hit or reacting to you releasing the ball. And like, it's like, especially this year, like me and Ruby, like behind the dish, it'll be, it's just more of me and him than it is really anything else. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Campus questions. Um, okay. do you have a favorite? Well, a say your major and then favorite and least favorite party about your major. Okay. So I, I graduated undergrad in 2021. Yep. Um, I got a, I did business with a concentration in finance and the spring I am finishing up my master's in real estate development. Nice. Um, and then, oof. We probably had some of the same professors because I was strategy and innovation okay. and Jeller as well. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I, I think my favorite part of my undergrad, I um, I loved Dr. Garner. She was yep. Mm-hmm. She was great. She's the best. Yeah. She like, she really wanted you to understand everything. And, you know, I, I think that's what made finance so enjoyable for me. Um, and then, honestly, probably the least favorite part was having to deal with COVID, just like taking it out of the classroom. Yeah. Um, and it really kind of took that uh, personal aspect out of the actual class. Like you're sitting at home trying to do on a Zoom call, trying to learn all this stuff where yeah. like you used to be around your buddies. And if you didn't, if you didn't catch what was going on, it's like, like, could you help me real fast? Like help me figure out this Excel. Yeah. yeah. I had, um, I had Garner during it when we shifted into COVID, like started with it, ran it normally, got to get the whole Garner experience, which people listening probably haven't had Dr. Garner, but she is, She's top top three yeah. in Scheller yeah. for sure. She's top um, notch. And I mean, uh, so many athletes go through Scheller, so a lot of the athletic department gets to know her quite well. Um, but then after once COVID hit, we had a I think I had a like a ten slide presentation or something, and it turned into just send the title slide with the concept because it exactly. was just such a different. You, you couldn't measure anything really. Well, it just made it so tough too because um, like nobody nobody was prepared for this like from a school like yeah school perspective um, having to switch everything online uh, and. You know, I think we are we are now, obviously, but yeah. uh, back then it just made it really hard to kind of get that full, you know, feeling of class. Yeah, 
All right, wrapping up. What's uh, what what what's your? Do you have a personal goal for the season, and then what for now is the team goal? Um, yeah, I mean, personal goal for me is you know I'm I'm in uh, kind of my curtain call my last year, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I think I think for me it's really just to uh, really kind of do whatever the team needs me to do, whether that's go out there and contribute or, or be a good be a good leader. Like I've been, I mean, I've been around here from from coaching changes to. Um, you know, gosh, like I, like uh, Coach Hall, like I've been here since 2017, so mm-hmm. it's been it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, biggest thing for me is just is just to you know make sure I'm I'm doing what I can to benefit the others that are going to be here longer than me. Yeah. Um, and then season goal, I mean, for us, it's I would I would say we're we're uh, we're a little like we lost a lot of talent last year, so we got a, a lot of new faces. And then for us, it's just yeah. a little bit more of a chip on our shoulder. Like, let's go prove that we can do it because we know we can. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's the biggest thing for us. Just got there with a little bit of fire. Knowing it's your last year, do you, do you think you'll try to get into some positions and other stuff? You just will get only one more shot to like get extra plate up, plate appearances and stuff like that. Um, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> in the fall a little bit, I, I hit around just just for fun. But I think I think mostly for me, it's just I'm going to try to focus on you know what I think I do best, and I think that comes from a, the pitching side. And yeah. Um, Again, like just make sure that I'm there as a great leader and a great representative of tech baseball for those who are younger than me. Awesome. Hey, if you just get the launch launch angle right on your on your <laughs> uppercut, and you never know what could happen. Exactly. There. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Joe Manley, thanks a ton. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, with us now is Jaden Jackson, infielder for Tech Baseball. Thanks for thanks for coming by. Um, I wanted to start asking you about institutional culture with this team because coach hall has been here longer than either of us have been alive um Mm -hmm. which is a rare case in any sport coaching staff at at d1 or higher so i when you when you play here as you in your years has it did it feel like well actually let's go when you came here did it feel like there was already a pretty strong institutional culture set just because it's been so consistent there for so long oh yeah definitely the guys that's come before me like the luke waddell is awesome well hi they've definitely held that culture up to a standard and it was pretty strong when I got here and I noticed it and I just it was just happy to be here and the fans do a great job of like bringing that tradition and mm-hmm. keeping the tradition you know the fight song I believe is like one of the best fight songs it's in, good. in it's the good. world I think it's not a copycat like no, some other schools not at down all. here it's pretty it's pretty unique I'd say <laughs> and yeah the, I mean we're pretty much built on tradition and culture and we love it mm-hmm. um I thought I had a way to go after that Okay, well, till then, tell me this: Does that has that actually ever impacted like when you show up to a game and whatnot? It's like you know that when you walk, that when you're coming in, like you're playing in front of fans that have been watching this team for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, that get like that get tech, if you want to put it that way. Um, does that does that does that, does that matter when you're playing a game, or is it just when you're the, when you're playing like it's just the game at that point? Oh, it definitely matters because you know this is one of the oldest institutions. You know, it's the culture here is very strong. And, you know, playing against the rivals like Georgia, the mm-hmm. clean old fashioned hate that's been around for so long. That's one of the games that yep. we have to have. Yep. And, you yep. know, playing that's one of the most hyped up games. The fans come out there, they show love, and mm-hmm. they're very loud. And it's we can definitely feel feel it on the field and. We play a little. We play extra hard against them, of course, because we yeah. know how much it means to the fans and yeah. beating Georgia and just in every. I mean, we play. We play hard every game, but we know yeah. we need to, we need to get those. That game has an extra. Oh okay. yeah. Well, talk about another extra special game. I talked to Joe about the Tennessee game. Mm-hmm. What do you just? I want to hear your perspective as well as what you remember from that game. Because I mean, Maxwell was. Oh dealing. yeah. I remember oh, watching. Yeah. I was like, "How is this man's arm not flying <laughs> off his shoulder rotator cuff?" But he pulled it off, and oh, yeah. he did a lot that night. That was the best performance I've seen from Maxwell since he's been here because we came in together and that's mm-hmm. he he came up in a big moment and he showed why he's one of the best arms in the in the country yeah. and from that I mean from that game it was 
definitely one of the wildest games that I've ever played in. The loudest games. I mean, I couldn't even hear a thought in my head. Wow. And like when it came down like the bottom eighth and we were rallying back and forth, it was definitely a fun game to be a part. And you know, the game meant a lot. I wish we could have had it to mm-hmm. go into a super regional and play them again. And yeah, it was definitely a fun game to be a part of. If you win that game, you'd be as realistic as you want here. You can say you would have would have won it and something else. Mm-hmm. How far do you think y'all would have made it? I think we could have made the Omaha okay. because. After that game, we probably would have had to face Ben Joyce, the the guy that throws like 105. Oh, and <laughs> as long as we, if we would have got, I think because we prepared all weekend against, we were going to face him. We thought we were going to face him 100. Yeah. percent So we were prepared to face him. And we know if we would have won that first game, mm-hmm. we would have had to face him, and we could have got him out in five innings, and they had no more arms left. And I think we could have made it, mm-hmm. made it pretty far. I've, I asked uh, Joe about having to share and and what waiters around. Did did having them turn any of you into Yankee and Orioles fans? Did are they? pushing any specific team agendas or they just know it's Braves country you shut up it's Braves country for sure because I grew up a Braves fan it's all I know is Good. Braves country Good. Atlanta sports that's it that's that's the right that's the right way oh to yeah go. that's <laughs> it, 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 it's it's the best um, yeah I mean is it I mean Tashera was in classes last year mm-hmm. and obviously I had a couple of friends that were in there with him yeah, I had a class with him and how is what is that like because we know people come later yeah but it's like no you've got a a one a like half a semester Braves legends and mm-hmm. then World Series champs. Like, yeah, I'm just here. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was I was very blessed to have a class with him, and I also have a class with Matt Weeders this semester in nice. uh, business ethics. It was a pretty cool experience because I mean, they're one of the guys that they sit in class and they like they like answer all the questions because they know everything <laughs> about business because they all their bin- they business, business endeavors yes, and yeah. so like they know everyone and everything about business. So everyone in the class like, mm-hmm. all right, who's this guy? I was like, come on, it's, this is Mark share Like, how do you not just look his name up and you'll you'll, you'll see who he is? <laughs> no one. Yeah, everyone was surprised it. when they saw them in class. I shook sure. his hand at graduation mm-hmm. and then I understood yeah. where all the power came from. I <laughs> yeah. was like, okay, yeah. I can see why the short porch at Yankee was <laughs> very friendly for you. His forearms are Wait, massive. That, that guy, my goodness, yeah, really nice dude. Um, I want to ask you about the infield because I mean, Prada and Simpson are out mm-hmm. now, which I mean, two of the biggest shoes to fill in school history at this point. Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Tell me about well, tell me about playing with them, and then what I guess is that what your mindset is in terms mm-hmm. of like, all right, don't have that anymore. Right. I mean, playing with them, that's probably the closest to a big leaguer on a college campus you can possibly get. Kevin Prada and Chandler Simpson, mm-hmm. those guys are. Their big league through and through, and just having them was a pleasure to have because yeah. you knew Chandler's going to get on base, still a base with mm-hmm. Kevin Prada right behind him, hits a home run. It was just, it was, yeah. we got we got pretty used to it. Yeah. But yeah. now that they're gone, we know that we're going to have to we have to go use other pa- uh, powers that we have, like Drew Compton, Stephen Reed. I mean, they've been stepping up a lot this fall and yeah. just been coming to play like power hitters. I mean, we've been doing lots of bunts. We got a lot of speed guys. We also got Christian Campbell back, who's He's filling the shoes pretty well of uh, Chandler Simpson in a second. I okay. think he's going to be a, a name to watch this this season because he's he's the guy. I think so. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. The freshman. Yeah. What, what's your feeling about the freshman group? Because there's a, a lot oh, of new yeah. ones on the roster. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's baseball can be a one and done if you aren't careful. Oh yeah. So. I mean, these the freshmen that we had this year. I mean, they've matured very fastly and they've stepped up in the shoes and the roles because they knew that they know that they're going to have to a mm-hmm. big role to play in the season because there's a lot of them. Not many. Not yeah. very. Uh, are a lot of seniors this year. And we have a ton of freshmen still on the roster, and they've matured a lot. The pitching staff on the freshman side is very, very good. The mm-hmm. haters are very, very good. I mean, you, you can just watch their approach. It's like it's like they've been playing the game for a while. Yeah. It's like it's like nothing new for them in college baseball. It's pretty cool to see. Tell me about your base running approach, because mm-hmm. I I I was telling Joe I pitched gr- growing up in high school. Didn't end up at the plate that often, so I didn't have much on the base running. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I'm thinking. 
I, I mean, stealing would be fantastic, but it seems like it's one of the it's one of the things in baseball that most consistently is just that fraction of a second kind of thing. So yeah. I mean, is do you, I mean? I guess physically that may be a different kind of preparation because mm-hmm. you're effectively having to be a leopard out there. Yeah, and then. No one, you got to know the little bits about the pitcher. His oh, little, yeah. if you can find the ticks, find that tick immediately yeah. and you exploit it. So like, what, what, how, how do you, how do you, what do you, what do you think about that? So on base, I mean, when I'm about to steal, the first thing I look at, if it's a righty, I look at that left foot. If it moves a little bit, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And a lefty, it's usually first move, so I'm gone either way. Yeah. Whenever I get that chance, and it's all about their timing to the plate. So yeah. if it's very fast to the plate, probably won't be gone. And they if they have a slow uh, movement to the plate, then I'll definitely be gone. Chandler Simpson is probably one of the best guys. To ever still a base because yeah. he could be two seconds later than I am and it'd still be safe by like two miles because yeah. he's so yeah. fast. No, he, yeah, he's, he's like that. Are there any players in the pros that you that you try to emulate that you watch over the summer? Um, I try to emulate Derek Jeter the most, especially playing shortstop. I would love. I just that's who I've been watching growing up, mm-hmm. and that's just the shoes that I try to follow. I just watch videos of him, how he carries himself, and yeah. Cool things Did that you he talk does to Tex about him at all? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I talked to him, and we got um, Chiefs about the son on the team. So right, yeah, talking yeah, to him yeah. How he's growing up in the Yankees organization, organization, and seeing all Shoot, those. Shoot, so Matthew could turn everyone into a pitcher this year if yeah. he wants. You got, the, you got the entire AL East <laughs> yeah. on your team. Oh yeah, on, it's on pretty now. cool to have all these. Yeah, we got Dawson Brown, Kevin Brown's dad, yep, uh, Kevin yep, Brown's son. Yeah, it was just awesome to have all these big league guys and. It's just pretty cool. That's cool. I, as much as we're not, is this an NLE city offender? Yeah. The, enti- the best of the AL East of the 2010s is yeah, now. It's pretty cool. It's quasi running, not running this team, but <laughs> giving it a lot of giving a lot of juice. Yeah. Um, tell me what you think y'all got in the, got in the bag this year to, in terms of just how far y'all can go. I think I mean this team. We got a lot of chemistry on this team this year because we got a lot of young guys taking the role of just bringing them on, carrying them, and showing them the ropes. I mean, I think we could go pretty far as long as we play as a team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, people just don't get ahead of themselves, take every game one game at a time, and I think we can go pretty far. Nice. Shock right. the world. I'll ask you about just stuff on, on campus. I graduated from Scheller last year. Mm-hmm. Um, what favorite parts of campus, food, places to hang out? I mean, you all got the hall over here, so you got you got your space. But okay. in terms of just mm. general campus life, what, what's been some of your favorite parts? So I love to go to Rocky Mountain Pizza. That's that's a first. Good call. I love that place. We went to trivia night last night. It was pretty pretty fun. We lost, though. People are just way smarter than we are. I saw, <laughs> someone, on, I saw someone on Twitter last night. Their bio said 10-time Rocky Mountain Trivia Champ. And I was like, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty cool to have, yeah. I mean, yeah, Rocky Mountain's a good place to go to eat. Uh, to study, I usually go on top of a clough. Nice. Yep. That nice view up there, or I'll probably just go outside of my apartment. Yeah, I just like on a nice day like this, I'll probably walk around campus, put the moped away, and just get mm-hmm. some fresh air. I mean, it's a beautiful campus. Oh, I, I love forgot. it. I forgot. I did want to ask about the mopeds. Um, if you crash that, what happens? Probably get injured. <laughs> and the coaches be very, very upset. Very upset. But, I mean, it's pretty It's pretty safe. I mean, it's like a, it's like a little bicycle. It is, But yeah. it's motorized. Yeah. It's fun. Very fun to ride. That, that was that was always the funny part. Just, you just knew when a baseball player. Yeah. You always knew yeah, yeah, when yeah. Presley Harvin was around because of his car. Uh-huh. And you all knew when, when yeah. y'all were around. <laughs> yeah. It was, the, it was the most identifiable part. You just keep passing the mopeds down through the grades and everyone gets the it's habit. Just, yeah. It's the same set that you just pass them down? Pretty much. I mean, okay. One or two guys maybe buy their own. And then the seniors from last year, they'll sell it. Or the guys that leave for the draft, they'll sell their mopeds to the guys still here. Okay. Yeah. Huh, interesting. Just I did not going. know about that. Um, but uh, I guess post is there anything you're hoping to do post tech um, at this point? Like, what's 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 the future look like for you that you want to do? Hopefully, getting drafted, playing in the MLB somewhere, that'll mm-hmm. be a, a dream come true. If not, I mean, I'll use this tech degree to the best of my ability. I know that the tech degree is what it's worth it and what I can, what it's I can get lot. with <laughs> it. Which I'm very blessed to say that I could. I'll be graduating this uh, spring in May and. 
I was, that's probably one of my main goals with coming into tech was get the degree no matter what happens. Get the degree because it's, it's going to be worth a lot in the long run. You got a good combo. Damn good baseball team yeah. and a good degree. Love so it. Can't go wrong with it at can't, all. Cannot at all. Can't. All right, Jaden, thanks for coming out. Good luck this year. We'll be rooting for you. Thank you for having me. All right, to wrap this up, we have Jake DeLeo here of Tech Baseball representing the outfield. We had a pitcher, we had an infielder, now we got the outfield. So now we just didn't get a catcher, but that's fine. We got a battery <laughs> mate. So uh, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Doing all right. Um, obviously, you weren't able to play all of last year um, with your injury, but I mean, where did you, if you were to put in a full season last year, where do you think, I, I mean, numbers wise, performance wise, just where do you think you would have ended up, landed in terms of how you were as a player? Um, I'm not sure exactly numbers wise because baseball is like pretty funny. Yeah. But um, I definitely felt really good before my injury last year and uh, eventually started to bounce back and got to where I was, I think, towards the end of the season, right back to where I was mm-hmm. before I got hurt. Okay, nice. Um, does, I mean, how is, what, what, what does recovery look like for, for you for that? Um, is that? Is that impacting what your day-to-day was, just doing classes, being at the facility and whatnot? Um, not this, this year, no, I'm all fine this year. But yeah. last year, that was uh, the first time that I ever – missed a baseball game because of injuries so wow. it's definitely a little weird um definitely weird because i'm so used to being amped up and playing baseball yeah. all the time to just really having nothing just going to the field and watching so it was like yeah. kind of a first for me it was definitely a little weird Did they make you like do menial like keep the scorebook or any task or were you just there to hang out and just be a guy no i was i was just there kind of um looking more into like the small things so when i got back into the game I kind of picked up on things that I wouldn't see while I was in the game yeah. um, from the dugout, which I never had really done before. So that was, I mean, that was a plus. But other than that, being injured kind of sucked. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I asked Jaden about this when I asked you too about what it was like when you got here with Danny being Danny Hall being here for longer than we've been alive, um, and just having the sense he's built, he's built a thing here that's stood the test of time and keeps working year in year out. Did it feel like there was a real sense of an institutional culture that you were able to just blend into immediately when you show up when you show up for the first time? Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the reason that I chose Georgia Tech was even before I got here. You can kind of tell. Um, I would say we're more. I would say we're more like family oriented as a baseball program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all really close, and that kind of helps push us to be better every single day. You have you got your brothers, your teammates. Um, all kind of striving towards the same thing every day. And I think that's kind of like our culture yeah. is pushing each other. And uh, I'd say it's a, it worked out pretty well. I mean, every year that I've been here, I feel like I've gotten a lot better because of uh, my work ethic and the work ethic of the guys right next to me. Mm-hmm. How, I guess when you're doing off season stuff and whatnot, is a lot of your activities with other players, do you try to branch out to see other people on campus to get in other social circle, circles or is it your baseball crew is your crew yeah. when you're not playing? I'd say it's it's always usually baseball, um, especially off season uh, workouts get a little harder because you're not in season or yeah. playing so much, so you have um, time to recover more. So that's kind of that kind of brings you guys together, and then getting in your own work, you usually grab a couple guys that you're close with and come in, um, do your own kind of thing, whatever you want to work on, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be like kind of you get into like a routine with guys that you do your your stuff throwing hitting uh running whatever you you want to do a little extra of so it's but it's usually always the baseball guys yeah yeah does your fall class load amp, ramp up a little bit just because you don't have the games going as much or you try to keep it balanced semester by semester um i would say yeah i definitely i'd say most of us usually do do that we go a little harder in the fall um 
some guys take like I took summer classes mm -hmm. so I was able to take I think I took like 16 credits in the fall but I think I took like maybe nine in last summer while yeah. I was in Cape Cod and I'm taking 12 this year or nice. this semester yeah. with the season so it's just definitely definitely an easier workload and it's nice because you get your two classes in the morning and then you go to lunch and you get to the field early yeah no i've done the i did the 12 hour life for most of my semesters <laughs> here and it was that was the right that was the right thing yeah. i would any regardless of what you're doing in life 12 semesters yeah. is the right amount here if you if you can help yourself um i guess so w during the season with that class crunch i've always wondered because i had i had a class with uh chance hall last year and i could tell there were some mornings where it's like you could tell y'all were out late if you should not have been awake at 9 a.m. Yeah. for that first class. Does that, for you, how do you like to bet, just balance that back and forth where you're going to have, you're going to be on the road a lot, you be playing late nights, you never know when a 15 inning game is going to show up on a Friday and just destroy your yeah. sleep schedule. Like what, what, how, how do you like to balance that? Um, well, I like to make sure that kind of everything's done before games. Cause like you said, you never, you never know like what can happen. Yeah. And so just getting my stuff done beforehand. So I don't have to worry about like, if our game goes like late and I have something to do at 12 running mm -hmm. back and finishing something at like 11:45, that'd be awful. Yeah. The night deadline on a Friday. I, that happened like, once last year. Oh I think no. We changed a uh, VT to a double header on Saturday. Right. The that second was a long game one. Went, that like, was a long 15 one. innings. Yeah. And I had a, I think I had a take home test do at midnight that I thought I was going to oh my God. be able to do <laughs> way earlier. But I, but ever since then, especially it's, it's kind of been get my stuff done. Um, and when you, come back that's i'd say it is pretty hard when you come back from like 2 a.m 3 a.m from like a you're in the carolinas on a road trip and you get back monday early monday morning yeah it is hard but i mean that's that's what you sign up for and you just gotta get up and get to class yeah i, I feel like i feel like a 19 inning game or whatever that was should be valid enough excuse yeah. to, to not have to, to do a something like that oh man i had yeah that's good. I would be. I feel like the most emblematic thing of being an athlete at Tech would be to like do the exam in the dugout at the yeah. same time. Just like no, no matter what, you still got to figure it out yeah. somehow. Well, you have two. You have two kinds of professors. You have two. You have a professor that like understands it, and then you have the professors that are like, it doesn't doesn't matter. You don't don't time balance bases. your time better. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. Um, tell me about. I want to talk about hitting specifically. Tell me what your approach is at the plate and what um the just the, the entire just hitting contingent here is trying to do when they step up to the plate? I would say overall, um, it's kind of like I was talking about how like we're like a family, we're all really close. It's kind of like a uh, nine, we are kind of saying is in like 9v1, there's nine of us in the lineup and it's all of us against that one pitcher. So it's not trying to do anything too big, not trying to hit like a five run home run, yeah. but just kind of uh, grinding it down and being like a gritty group and doing whatever you have to do, whether that day it's, bunting or hitting and running to score runs or letting it fly and hitting home runs like all around the park i'd say whatever we have to do we're just trying to get it done does oh man, i guess don't give away the strategy if you, if you don't want to but like how often do y'all like hit and run is it, it would is it all is all the stuff situational do you just have moments where you're just like i want to just try this and uh, tell yeah. the coach like hey i just want to try to yak one or like i need to figure out if i can bunt down the third base line today or something like that well we we practice we practice that all the all the time and for every baseball team really does just yeah. bunting hitting running like situational stuff and then really in games it just i'd say depends on the situation and mm -hmm. who's up if you have a guy that's particularly good at one thing and it's the right situation i'd say like that's a good time to do it but 
um, I'd say we trust like a lot of our hitters too, because we're a really good group to yeah. be able to come through with whatever they feel comfortable with. Does in, B, in BP have there ever been days where in BP you're just like I, you just weren't feeling it, or you were feeling it, and then or is this BP like to kind of determine your mindset later in the game, or is it just part of the day and just it all kind of blends together and doesn't really matter? BP uh, BP is funny because there there's some days that you'll have the worst rounds of BP that'll be your best games. So it's kind of, it's something that I'd say it's more of like a warm up and feeling your rhythm for that day. Yeah. But also like a good round of BP definitely gives you like a little confidence mm-hmm. and a little swagger walking walking around. <laughs> but um, you don't put too much thought into it. Okay. Do y'all have any super team superstitions that y'all maintain, or is is Coach Hall just like uh, just a no on that? Or yeah, I don't I don't think we really have any superstitions. It's very Georgia Tech of you. Yeah. It's very Georgia Tech of you. Tell me what your favorite parts of just being a tech have been aside from baseball, just life in Atlanta or is it class stuff being just, what, what is it? What do you got? I like, um, I like being in Atlanta probably the most. There's, there's just like stuff to do outside of like a normal college town yeah. where you're in like some big college town that's just all about the college and you have like the same three restaurants and the same like three, whatever it is. Uh, Atlanta, you got a lot more than that. You, you can't got, eat like, at all a, the restaurants in a four-year degree. Yeah, no, no. Or find all of them. You can find a couple favorites, but there's always something that um, if you want like a good burger or you want something like a good sandwich, there's always something that you can find. And I found that to be probably one of my favorite things. You don't have to drive like 30 minutes to get to a grocery store no, or something like that. Walk, yeah, you can walk to multiple of them so at that's, this point. So <laughs> that's why, that's probably my favorite part. That's cool. Uh, what What is your personal goal for this season and then do you I mean uh, I think Jaden said you know, y'all can definitely make a good dent in terms of playing together and prove that y'all can play without the names Parada Simpson and all those guys like what, what what do you have in mind there I would just say being a good leader and being a good example to the young guys and letting um, letting all that have like a good mindset but letting the stats or whatever come along with that but I'd say my main priority is just setting like a good example nice I think, I think that's all I got we're really happy that y'all are going to be playing again this year. It was 70 degrees yesterday, and I was like, I could use a baseball game today. Yeah. But it's January, it was January 19th. That doesn't yeah. exist in the United States that early. Um, well, best of luck this year. We'll be rooting for you. Thanks for coming awesome. on. Awesome. Thank you. Coming back, I think I'm going to do the outro. I've only done it once. I did it in the summer when you weren't on the pod, Jakes. I, I don't remember how well I did it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it now that I'm hosting here for a second. Uh, our next episode, what? This is what? Today's Monday. This is coming out on Thursday. It's going to be either Sunday Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, somewhere in there, we'll record Scions 157. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, read any of our content, find this podcast, share this podcast. Uh, we are on all the various podcasting platforms. You can find us at fromtherumbleseat.com. That is our main spot where you can find stuff, answer or put in questions for our mailbags, just be part of the community. It's a fun spot there. Uh, we've usually got plenty of writing from me for women's basketball, the occasional volleyball piece, uh, although we're out of season there, and then Jake's lovely yellow jacket roundup. Uh, email us. You can email us at fromtherumbleseat at gmail.com. Twitter, we are at FTRS blog. Uh, Jake is at jakegrant98. I am at Jack Nicholas. Uh, want to thank Section 103 for just being awesome people and having just the best tech gear out there. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. I, I technically run the Instagram. I got to do better about that. We'll see how that goes. With that, but with that, thanks for listening. It's a big, been a big week. Softball's back, baseball's back, swimming's in full gear. It's a fun time. <laughs> 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 <laughs>